This is Paul Lamb, and you're listening to the Path of Just Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you unleash the beast from within so you can fearlessly pursue your own path and passion. Join me on this weekly journey filled with inspiring stories and actionable contents. Become a Path Hunter today. lovely path hunters i keep saying the same thing but i mean it every time i hope you're living your life with purpose and passion and working hard to move that needle forward in your life for those of you who are joining for the first time welcome to the path hunters podcast it's a place dedicated to help individuals unleash their inner beast to chase their purpose and passion and for those of you returning again thank you for taking the time and to listen to the podcast it means a lot to me that you're taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast i want the only i want to only provide you with amazing value to propel you forward in your life with that being said i have another amazing individual who is making who's a marketing strategist and digital nomad who helps businesses build meaningful communities in the digital space author of the upcoming book Digital Nomad Mindset, Erica Blair is a wonderful soul helping other digital nomads grow their business by building communities and again the author of upcoming book Digital Nomad Mindset which I'm super excited about. Um, I won't take too much time into this. I definitely want her to have just a you know, let her learn her talk about her journey and her progress and everything and what she's going through and everything. Again, I won't take too much time. Let's get right into it. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an awesome guest here today for the Path Hunters podcast, um, Erica Blair. Uh, she's a marketing strategist for small businesses and uh, solopreneurs working to make um, you know positive impact for everyone. No, um, she um, is currently chilling out in Tang- Chiang Mai, Thailand, right now. And um, yeah, uh, what's going on, Erica? Uh, not much. Just been keeping busy. Very, very busy. <laughs> yeah. So I gave everybody a little snippet of you know um uh, what you do. Um, uh, did you want to just fill in the blanks of uh, you know um what uh, what you do and, and your whole little bit of your personal life as well too? Sure. Um, my name is Erica Blair. I am American, but I'm currently living in Thailand. I grew up in the Bay Area of California, although now I consider Boulder, Colorado to be my home when I'm in America. Um, and I, at the moment, live, uh, I'm based primarily in Chiang Mai, Thailand, although I do travel quite a bit. Um, I'm at the moment spending a little bit more time in Chiang Mai than I had previously because I really want to dive deeper into some projects that I'm doing professionally at the moment. But um, yeah, basically ended up here working as a marketing strategist, kind of continued my freelance business that I was doing in America. And then um, I'm also working on some side projects right now. And so I'm getting pretty excited about those as well. Yeah, no, I saw you on um, Snapchat and everything. So um, you're working on um, what's it called? I'm um, a digital um, uh, nomad mindset. 
Is that- yeah. I'm writing a book. It's called Digital Nomad Mindset. And I'm basically bringing together 25 digital nomads to talk about what is the mindset that goes behind this kind of new personality and persona that we're finding emerging sort of this decade alone, um, which is the digital nomad and the people who are working online while traveling the world and who aren't letting, you know, the desire to get to build a, a sustainable career conflict with their desire to travel and try new things. Yeah, I definitely want to touch base on that. But I want to dial back a little bit on um, you yeah. know, your, your story and like, what were you doing before I'm um, at Chiang Mai, and all this traveling and all this awesomeness that you're you know, you're currently doing at the moment, right? So uh, bring it back and see what, what were you doing before all this? So I guess um, if I'm going to start before the travel, I I was in I when I graduated college in 2008, I left America two months or sorry two weeks after I finished college, um, and I didn't come back for five years. And so for me, that was my first foray. I was an expat before I was a digital nomad. I spent um, two years in Vietnam one year in Thailand and two years in Australia. Um, and then I moved back to America um, and I was um, living in Boulder, Colorado. Um, and decide- that's where I launched my marketing business. But um, during the time that I was abroad, I did a lot of different jobs. I started off um, doing the English teaching thing. I literally didn't take any vacations my entire life growing up and always wanted to go as far as I could, um, because I just really want, I, I just felt like there was such a big world out there and, and I was chomping at the bit to go out and explore it. Um, and so I moved, uh, as soon as I went to, could go to college, I moved as far away. I moved to New York and went to college there. And then as soon as I graduated from college, I moved as far away as I could and went to Asia. Um, mostly because, um, I just, I always felt like there was so much to see out there and that I didn't want to stop until I had tried to see as much of it as I possibly could. Um, And the reason why I chose Asia was it just always felt like somewhere that I was really attached to. Um, I, I grew up in the Bay Area and that was just a very prevalent culture around me growing up. And um I just really dreamt of going to Asia. And so uh, when I graduated college, um, it was it was kind of there was just no jobs that I wanted to do in America. I couldn't think of a single job that attracted me in America. And so um, I decided to go to Asia uh, and I bought a one way ticket. I actually landed in China first and traveled for about two and a half months or three months until I decided to come to Vietnam, which was based on doing some research. That was back in the days when I really researched stuff. I don't really do that anymore because I'm much more kind of comfortable just going with the flow and seeing what happens. But when I was so excited about preparing that I was I was very much into doing internet research and I had heard that um, Vietnam had extremely high salaries for teaching English, which is true. Um, it's one of the, the best places that I know 
of in the world to make money um, in terms of cost of living versus the salaries at that time, Mm -hmm. actually making money in that country, of course. And so I was always looking for that arbitrage, right, of where you make your money and how how much things cost. And then with the, the increased access that the internet provided, that has really shifted the game. And now we can practice that same principle of arbitrage at a much higher level, working um, and having clients in the Western world and living in in Asia where the cost of living is extremely low. Yeah, no, that's, um, uh, that's very, um, that's very that's such a common thing nowadays because like um it's weird to say because like now it's it's even looking like 10 years back or like you know um 15 years back it it seems so impossible to just uh run a full business and everything and be abroad online and it's just um for some people they don't even understand they never heard of the term digital nomad but you are actually the like what is like you know it, you were basically the first digital nomad then you were just literally out there 2008 and then you traveled and then you went to Vietnam and then you teaching English abroad it's truly amazing was it and then so like what um, what motivated you to keep on going like do you know did you have plans going back like or did you just like uh, be like oh you know what I I don't feel like doing this anymore what else can I do were you at that uh, like was that the case for you yeah because of the fact that I wasn't working online for the first um, five years that I was abroad. I was always doing location-dependent jobs. Um, And so that was, you know, I definitely built traveling into my lifestyle. And part of why I did those jobs was because they afforded me the opportunity to travel. But, um, yeah, basically my my attitude was always... was and always is. Um, I I don't necessarily project what I'm going to be doing in the future. I just wait until I feel that it's time to move on and then the right next step emerges. It's not something that I try to over plan or force until um, it comes to me. And I could tell you a, a completely different story of why I moved from each place, uh, from one place to the next. Um, but, you know, one of the things that runs through it is that I I really did want to have the freedom to kind of live without plans and live without making huge commitments in terms of where I was going to be. And so, you know, signing contracts even for like one year has always been something that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so... And so I was always kind of thinking when I got back to America that I would come back to Asia, but I would do it when I had figured out how to make some money online. Mm-hmm. Because when I was in Asia, um, most of my most of the people that I that I had met the first time around um, were were simply expats. Um, but but yeah, I did meet you know a couple of the very very first wave of people who were making it work working online, and one of them, my very best friend at the time, super inspiring for me to watch his journey and watch how he was really thriving professionally, and that was something that I wanted to be able to do, and so um, I basically set that act, that in action when I got back to America, built it up, and was able to take it on the road with me. Yeah, you know, for my listeners, in case that they didn't know what expat means, like what, uh, what's a what's a quick um, rundown of what an expat is? An expat is somebody who lives in a, a foreign country, um, and it's kind of different from like a, a traveler or a tourist. It's somebody that's really building their life elsewhere. 
Um, and so, you know, there's still huge expat communities everywhere, but now we have this addition of the digital nomad community as well. Yeah. And thank you for doing that. Yeah. I just wanted to, in case like people were having questions about that now, Mm -hmm. so dialing a little bit forward. So like you decided just to come back to, you know, Boulder, Colorado, you started your business there. Um, uh, so like what, um, what do you exactly do, Erica? I do marketing strategy. And so I work with businesses to figure out where they should be putting energy and effort online. Mm -hmm. And then I do a lot of consulting in terms of what kind of content they could be putting out, assessing their content and making sure that it's working to toward the end that they're, they're trying to reach in terms of producing results for their business. Um, And that's been something that's evolved from basically doing a, a normal um, a normal kind of marketing, uh, social media marketing management business. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I started out was doing social media m- management for other people. So yeah, ba- I basically that evolved from doing social media management for people and actually doing the marketing execution. Um, and what I found is that I really think that as I've been watching the trends evolve in social media, that I really feel it's important for small business owners and and solopreneurs to take a very active role in their own social media. And mm-hmm. so um, because I think it creates a much more compelling story when you're actually um, really able to capture what a day in the life of the person who's running the business is like. And so I moved much more into a consulting and strategy role because of the fact that I prefer to work with people who um, who want to do their own social media and just need a helping hand to kind of figure out what's the best approach for them to take. Mm-hmm. That's it's amazing what you're doing because like it's just definitely um a lot of people they do um uh they do if I, and i i have this problem as well too like i don't i don't really know sh- like where i should like you know handle this like you know what's the social media whether it's through facebook or whether it's through twitter it's it's very overwhelming there's a lot of like platforms out there and it's um uh, definitely um, it's great what you're doing because it helps them um uh, focus on one thing or two things right definitely um uh, kind of depending on what the person's doing so i do definitely do get that and i definitely um i what you're doing for sure um no so like you know off topic a little bit you know what are you passionate about lately you know what what um uh, what um uh, what gets you what gets you up in the morning i've been doing a lot of self-reflection in terms of where i can best serve people in this world and when i look back at all of the things that I've done in my life and what I really enjoy the most. I think that I am best suited to being somebody that helps to crystallize a community and helps to bring people together um, over shared interests, over a common topic. And so what I'm really working on is aligning all of my business efforts toward that goal of really using all of these amazing, powerful tools that we have to create community and to bring people closer together. You know, part of what's interesting working so heavily in the digital realm and in the social media realm. And, um, you know, I hear a lot of the, the criticisms and I, and I feel them and experience them myself, you know, in terms of people spending lots of time with screens on smartphones in front of a computer. And for me, um, I really want to look at that from an optimistic perspective and look at it from the point of view of how can we use these incredible new tools that we're all 
all drawn toward to really bring people together to create something bigger and better than we've ever been able to create before. Um, and so it doesn't matter exactly which uh, of my business ventures I'm, I'm going into. That's the idea that I'm really trying to hold as a core value. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that is very motivating for me in terms of, um, you know, figuring out what's my impact in the world. So you mentioned a little bit before that I've really defined my mission statement for my marketing strategy business as being, um, as being part of helping other people spread their impact in the world. And so a lot of what I teach and work um, with my clients is helping people discover exactly what is that impact that they're looking to create and then how can they use these new tools that we have available to grow and expand that impact so that they can reach as many people as possible or achieve the goal that they wish to maybe be with the planet or something larger than only with people. But, Mm -hmm. um, how they can achieve that and and do that through the tools that we now have available. And going back to your point about how many tools there are, I think that is the same problem that everybody faces. You know, it's I spent my entire day um, on social media, studying about social media, practicing social media, and I can only see a, a small sliver of the pie. You know, there's so much out there, um, and it really it takes, you know, a lot of can-do attitude and a lot of um, desire to really put yourself in new situations and learn about things that you don't already know and push yourself outside your comfort zone to even start to get a handle on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of, that's amazing. I, it's just it's just because like you know like you you are basically just the the facil- facilitator for just like pushing people forward and create helping people provide their impact and everything. It's kind of like me as well too, right? Like I'm very um, passionate about my podcast. I definitely want to help like people who are in their corporate nine to five job that feels like millennials. You know, millennials mainly that feel like they've been trapped. You know, they're stuck in their cubicle hell, quote unquote. But they love to travel. We're all about the connection now in today's world, and we all we want want to do is just see the world connect and you know help everybody along the way and i i love what you're doing erica definitely a virtual high five with that one i love it (laughs) (laughs) thank you i appreciate that (laughs) yeah it's amazing no thank you for what you're doing it's amazing um you know so so now like dialing a little bit forward so like what um you know what kind of like projects or everything like you're very passionate about lately it's just like uh, something related you know just to your business and everything like or it doesn't have to be like that but just a project that you have going that you're very just very turned on about and just like really on like just yeah i'm on this <laughs> kind of thing well if you talk to me about my projects it could go on forever because i have a <laughs> list of a million ideas that i'm always um working toward a little bit but what i'm really working on in my own life in terms of overcoming challenges is focusing on one thing at a time so i can actually really make it happen and get it done and so this particular moment in time is uh, a moment where i'm very focused on a book that i'm writing and that i'm putting out called digital nomad mindset Um, And it's based also on this principle that I was discussing with you before in terms of bringing together community about a topic. Um, I know the way that I've become a digital nomad and I can express that to people, but I really wanted to provide the opportunity for people to really get a cross section of a whole bunch of different people's versions of how they've created this kind of life for themselves themselves. And so that's why I 
made sure that when I was starting the book that I made it a book based on interviews. And so what I'm doing is a, a ton of interviews. Um, I think it's it's probably going to shake out to be exactly 25 total digital nomads awesome. that are included on this project. And wow. so um, I am interviewing them, figuring out exactly what their path has been, um, asking them questions in terms of the mindset shifts that they've undergone to embark on this path for themselves. Um, some practical stuff too, but also mm-hmm. a lot about the mental and emotional challenges and shifts that it takes to push yourself outside your comfort zone and um, really work on, you know, on your your self-development and your career at the same time that you're putting yourself out there in the world in new places that you've never been before. Mm-hmm. Would you know, so after doing all these interviews, like, do you feel like, you know, that they all the digital nomads have like a common um, set trait where like, you know, do you, can you give us a, give us a little snippet about that? Part of what I like about the fact that I've been doing so many interviews is that I really do get to find out that uh, all the different approaches. Mm-hmm. So there's many, many different approaches, I think. And a lot of it has to do with um, your risk tolerance. So some people are have a very high risk tolerance and they're just like, they just like book a ticket and make it work. Other people are much more methodical about the way they approach it and have very specific set out ways that they're able to lay out exactly the steps that they took to make themselves feel confident and prepared. And so that's really interesting for me to watch. But then in terms of um, the thread that runs through all of them, I think, you know, given that everybody has kind of come out on the other side of taking this leap into the digital nomad life, Mm -hmm. every single person, the message essentially boils down into you can do it. And once you do it, you'll see how easy and awesome it is. And so it really just takes making that leap and that's it within you to figure out how you're going to do it and the process that works for you. Mm-hmm. But ultimately you can do it. And if you decide to do it and you actually want to do it, you'll be able to do it. Um, and so I think that's been, you know, ultimately the the message that's coming out of all of these interviews is that once you put in the effort and decide on how you're going to do it and commit, it's going to work out and you're going to land on your feet. And a lot of it just boils down to trust Mm -hmm. and trusting that it's going to work out and trusting that you're going to land even when you can't see where you're going exactly. Mm -hmm. Wow. What would you say to someone like, um, for example, like they're working their corporate nine to five job, um, you know, they they hate it, they dread it, you know, they, they've done society's, um, you know, outline, cookie cutter outline um, uh, life, you know, go to school, you know, find a great job. And now they were told to climb a corporate ladder, but there's something missing, right? There's something missing of, you know, in their life. And um, what would you say to someone like that? That's a little frustrated, but they've traveled a little bit, maybe once or, you know, two weeks or so, but they, they're hooked, but they don't really know what to do like what would you say um to that person i would say that it's actually easier to live this kind of life 
And I promise you, it's easier to live the life that you want to live than to live a life you don't want to live. And so I think, you know, a lot of people remain in situations because they think that's the convenient option. They think that, um, you know, especially given the messages that we've all heard from society ongoing about the fact that, you know, this is the way that we're expected to act and this is the roots that we're expected to follow. Um, I think a lot of people take it for granted that that's going to be the easy route for them. And at least in my experience, I have found that doing what feels right and to me and making bold choices that are scary, um, as much as they're scary in the short term, always end up feeling better in the long term. Um, and so if you are stuck in a nine to five or it doesn't really matter exactly how many or which hours you're working, if you're stuck in a situation where you don't feel like you are doing something that makes you happy, you will be much better off taking a drastic step to make a change as much as ripping that bandaid off hurts at first. Mm -hmm. Um, because what you're doing, you know, when you rip that Band-Aid off is you're allowing that wound to get exposure to the air, to get the, you know, the life breathed back into it. And I think that that's, you know, a really powerful step to take in terms of building your ability to trust that things are going to work out. Um, because ultimately you can't trust or can't have that feeling that you know that things are going to work out until you've tried and you've seen how you've landed on your feet. And I think that anybody who's in that situation can look back at least on micro moments where they trusted mm -hmm. and things did work out. Um, but when you take the big leaps, then you can really hold those up later in your life and start to really see a pattern that allows you to take even bigger leaps going down the road. Mm -hmm. No, I hear you. And I hope like, you know, that was really amazing. Thank you so much for that, Erica. Um, you know, why, if you know for you, like, you know, why Chiang Mai, Thailand? Like why, um, uh, why Chiang Mai, Thailand right now? So I actually lived in Chiang Mai from 2010 until 11. Mm -hmm. And so it was a place that I already knew that I loved. That's why I chose to be here right now. Um, why I choose to, chose to be here in the first place six years ago was because for me, this city is an amazing balance of um, different factors that really appeal to me. So there is absolutely fantastic nature here, mm -hmm. beautiful jungly mountains. And then there's also a very cosmopolitan city that um, has, you know, everything that you could ever want in terms of social life, nightlife, etc. Um, and so, and that, that, that vibe of kind of the intersection of those two was really what drew me to Chiang Mai the first time around, especially because I really appreciate, you know, alternate, alternative health. And, um, I was like coming from Vietnam where there was not much of a scene of that in 2008. Um, that was really attractive to me that I could find a place that even had, you know, health, health food stores, et cetera. That's mm -hmm. what drew me in at, at the first time around. And then when I came back here, just because it was somewhere that I loved living, yeah. I didn't actually know that there was a digital nomad scene here. It wasn't something that I'd ever really heard of. And I don't even recall if I knew the word digital nomad when I came back to Chiang Mai or until right around when I did come back to Chiang Mai, mm -hmm. I think is when I first started hearing that term thrown around. Um, it was 
it was a really good surprise to find that there was such a bustling community here of other people who were involved in entrepreneurship and working online. Um, and especially for me, I ironically, I have way more friends here now in Thailand who are helping me grow as a grow professionally and who um, are doing amazing, interesting things with their career than I ever did back in America, mm. which is counterintuitive. But I think the fact that Chiang Mai has become such a digital nomad hub and is attracting so many people who work in this this general field and live this kind of lifestyle means that we really get to find an amazing community unlike most other places mm -hmm. that an entrepreneur could live which is really cool yeah no uh, actually to add, a, to add to that and um, yeah Chiang Mai Thailand is actually one of the biggest hotspots for digital nomads to this day it's like it's the most preferred places to go and um uh yeah i, I interviewed um uh, i don't know if you know him johnny fd um he yep. lives in um, uh, chiang mai thailand as well too and um he um uh, he was telling us about like the expenses and everything like that so like he says like it's such a plus that like, the community and being immersed in that um uh, you know environment and just seeing people just doing amazing stuff but you just it's it's amazing because like you kind of have to like um literally um <coughs> be surrounded in that environment and be and feel it and because you are the average of the five people that you hang out with right so um, mm -hmm. uh, you can't help but just like pick up along with everybody as well too so I totally get that 100% um Wow. And there's another side of it too, which is that, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, startup startups. I'm from Palo Alto, California, like the heart of the startup central at yeah. this point in time. But what I see there that are here that they don't have there is that um, there's a real culture here that's super laid back, super friendly, people who are out exploring the world and who are really, you know, making something of their life. Uh, in addition to their professional capacities. And so that's a really nice, interesting part of it to me too, is that I feel very connected with the people who are not only killing it in their careers, but are also really passionate about you know, trying new things, putting themselves outside their comfort zone, um, and basically just being friendly, flexible, well well-rounded, balanced people. And I think that's what I find here that um, I didn't find in some of the other places that I've spent a lot of time that are more entrepreneur hubs. Hmm. Yeah, the more I hear about Chiang Mai, Thailand, I definitely want to go as well too. I definitely want to. We should um, uh, we should go connect when I get out there. Then, <laughs> please, I love that. Yeah. Um. So like now, like you know, I want to shift gears a little bit, and I want to ask you know, like, what would you say would you be like would be your worst moment, like you know, like your your bottom moment? It was just, you know, what would would you say would be that moment? I am a fortunate person in the sense that I uh, have a very naturally upbeat, optimistic, and positive personality, and so I tend to ride the waves pretty well. Yeah. Um, and 
at the same time, you know, like anybody, I experienced the ups and downs of life. Mm. And so fortunately, I wouldn't say that I ever have felt like rock bottom um, in the sense that I've been able to apply my attitude toward challenges. But in terms of, you know, making like hitting times where I really felt like I needed to make a change in my life, I've done that many times. And I would say probably every single time right before I I left wherever I was leaving and decided to move. Um, And, you know, in this last situation, it wasn't that I didn't love Boulder or that, you know, I, I even didn't want to be there anymore. It's that I just felt like it was time that I had really done what I needed to do there and that I had kind of burnt myself out on that particular incarnation of my life. And so, um, that's pretty much how I, um, how I, I tend to approach things is that I sit I sit by and I try to live anything to its fullest, everything that happens to its fullest. Um, and then when, when it comes time to really shift gears and I just getting that message that I'm not feeling super jazzed anymore, mm-hmm. that's when I, I typically decide to make a big change. And, and I'm not going to say, you know, that, that that's not scary. Of course, you know, for me, I get those same butterflies that everyone else gets. I get the, Oh my God, what am I doing? I'm jumping off into the unknown, um, et cetera. But, you know, I think of, I, I really like this analogy for life of a tarot deck. I don't know if you ever look through a tarot deck, but but basically the first card of a tarot deck is the fool. And the fool is almost always pictured as somebody jumping uh, with a smile on their face, not knowing what's not looking beneath them. Um, and for me, I kind of see each phase of my life, like flipping through a tarot deck. Like I go through a whole range of all the emotions and experiences that, that I can go through. And there comes a time where I just reach the end of the deck and I have to flip back to the the first card again. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me, you know, the, the end of the deck is always a wistful time because I do love the lives that I've built in the different places. And I'm, and you know, you never really can go back to that particular incarnation, um, as it existed in that moment in time. But, um, but yeah, it, it's great to get that feeling where you get to come out on the other side and then look back and say, hey, that wasn't so bad, actually. Look at this amazing new life that I have now. Yeah, it's it, go, it just seems to me like it's just something that I, I preach as well, too. Like, you kind of have to get out of your comfort zone. Um, that's what it seems like to me as well, too. Like, you know, um, to literally grow and, like, to live this digital nomad life, that you kind of have to step out of your comfort zone. And um, I this is where the, uh, where I teach people, you know, I, you can get out of your comfort zone, but you can do little baby steps, right? Like, I, that's what I coach on and everything as well. So, yeah, no, I 100% agree with this. And, wow. Um, what would you say would be your high, like, your your, your you're, you're like your best moment you know you're like hey you know your aha moment I'm like yes I got this uh, <laughs> I, I guess it, it comes back to what I was saying to you before about discovering that my purpose in life is really to help to crystallize community mm-hmm. um, I would say you know each and every place that I've ever lived um, I've managed to 
be that person for people in my real life, in my actual proximity. And so when I look back on what have I really enjoyed the most and what have been the highlights for me, I look back on all of these incredible communities that I've been part of and that I've helped to lead and that I've helped, you know, that I've participated in as a peer and as an equal with all the other people who are involved in it. And for me, those each each and every place that I've lived, I can look back on that that sense of community that I was able to form there and really feel like I did something amazing there and that I got to experience something really incredible and special. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, you know, keep doing, keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing you, Erica. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like you've been, you've obviously been around like, you know, different parts of the world and everything. Like what would you say was like the best uh, place um, I would say Chiang Mai was definitely a special highlight um, during my time abroad, and that's why I decided to come back here. Mm-hmm. It was some somewhere that I really, really enjoyed. Um, yeah. And so this is the first place that – so I've been out of college now over eight years, and this is the first place I ever moved back to um, because I really did enjoy myself and I do think I'll move back to Boulder at some point as well too because for me that's probably also at the top of the list for now but hey I, I kind of take the approach of every single place I ever live I think it's the most amazing awesome place in the world and I try to tell everybody how awesome it is and you know let them know why I love living there and so yeah. I guess you're just catching me at a time when I live in Chiang Mai and I've just come from Boulder so it's coloring my answer because I, I really do only live places that I feel that passionate about. Yeah. Hashtag blessed. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Um, I really want to be respectful of your time. Um, uh, we're just going to ask you like a few more questions and then uh, we're just going to wrap this up. Yeah, go for it. All I right. got the time. All no right. problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, uh, you know, this, this show is called the Path Hunters podcast. Like, you know, when you hear the term Path Hunters, you know, what comes to mind? I really like the name Path Hunters because it suggests that there's a different path for every single person and that it's up to you to find it. And I think that is something that gets lost a lot in sort of the the self-help coaching um, speak of our era is that people often think like, okay, well, here, all I have to do is follow this blueprint and that's how I'm going to be able to make myself happy. That's how I'm going to be able to live my life of purpose. But nobody can ever really tell you a blueprint except for what worked for them. Um, and, and that's part of why I like to do things based on many interviews, like what you're doing, you know, in actually getting a lot of voices involved in terms of understanding what a various people's paths have looked like. Mm. Um, but I, I like that you're encouraging people to really go out and chart their own course because I think 100% guaranteed you will never be happy following somebody else's course. And your course may resemble somebody else's and you can live, you know, very happily traveling with somebody else. But you're all going to you're always going to have to really think about what am I choosing to do with my life and how am I making that decision? Um, and so so, yeah. I think it's a great name and it's a great mission and I really appreciate you taking the time to make this content for people because I think it's going to be really valuable if it, I'm sure it already has been, but really, you know, motivate a lot of people to make things happen for themselves. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, I, 
yeah, no, that's um, uh, that's what the Path Hunters podcast is all about. I couldn't say it any better than that, for sure. Um, so, like, how would you suggest someone to get started? Like, if they're just like, um, you know, what to look for? Like, or how would the, how would you suggest, you know, just like, hey, I, I'm, you know, I'm working nine to five. I really want to do something. I just don't know what. What would you suggest? Well, there's a lot of different approaches that you can take, mm-hmm. um, and I think it it has a lot to do with self-awareness in terms of what makes you feel like you light up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for me, that has a lot to do with working on my own time schedule, being my own boss, um, working on projects that make me feel really passionate and happy. But I don't prescribe that because I know that, you know, some people really crave structure, routine. Um, and, you know, even if they decide to be a digital nomad, that's the kind of work that they would want to pursue. And so I would say it really starts with identifying what kind of job might make you happy, full well knowing that you're never, ever, ever going to know if something is really working for you until you try it. Mm -hmm. And it's like anything in life. Um, You basically try something out and then you reevaluate, is this working? Is this making me happy? Is this what I want to be doing? If it's not, you abandon it without remorse, you know, because you're actually moving towards something better. Mm -hmm. And if it really is working for you, then you pursue that more intently. Um, because of, you know, you honestly, there's no telling in life and there's no amount of self-awareness that can tell you this is the path. Like even people who, who know what they like doing now based on having done a lot of trial and error, it changes, you know, we all change and develop as human beings. And so the path is winding and never ending and you're never, ever going to be able to look at it and be like, Oh, okay, well I got it all charted out now. I guess I'm done. Um, it's something that you constantly have to subject to testing. Um, I don't know to put it in like a marketing at like terminology, you know, when you run an ad, you don't just like put up an ad and say, Hey, okay, well I made my ad. So it's done. Now you look at the stats, you say, did people click on this ad? If they didn't, you know, then you then you tr- start trying to change and make a little adjustment, etc. You know, you don't have to plan out everything before you start. And I guess that's probably my biggest takeaway for anybody who is in uh, a situation that makes them unhappy is take the first step and don't put pressure on yourself mm-hmm. to understand what two or 10 or a hundred steps ahead of you is going to look like, because even if you tried to chart that out, you're, you'd be wrong. Mm. That's the thing about it. You cannot know because life is going to run its course. And if you try to try to, I, identify exactly how it's supposed to run, you're building up a whole lot of expectations that are going to lead to disappointment, going to lead to frustration, and going to lead to creating a sense that you failed in, in achieving what you want instead of looking at what you've done as success and deciding what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I hope that, you know, like it's, um, I definitely know what you mean by that. It's just, um, uh, it's always it's always it's 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 never um linear it's always um uh, always pivoting you're always adapting left and you know it's always never straight right it's never um a straight line and i 100 percent agree with that um you know so like this is some uh you know the final question uh two more questions actually and um before we do that i just want to ask you you know um uh, and say you know thank you erica for you know for not just 
being um, just doing what you do and just being awesome and just creating an impact. You know, you, you're a facilitator and you know you 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 definitely doing you know um, inspirational work and definitely keep doing what you're doing and never forget that. You know, um, you're an amazing person and I uh, hope you that you know you, you'll never lose this and it's just you know and it's great again. Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and um, you know. Um, and where would, you know, for all my listeners and everything, like, where would be the best spot to, like, you know, find, you know, hang out with, like, you know, reach you online? And where do you usually hang out online? Um, so I, I'm active on Snapchat, very active on Snapchat. But um, my, I basically on all social media, you can call me, you can find me at the Erica Blair, Erica with a C. Um, and you can also go on to my website, which is ericablair.biz, which is under construction um, at the moment because I'm revamping my concept for that. But you can get on my mailing list and um, that's where you'll find sort of the, the most recent updates about what I'm up to. Um, and also mostly um, writing that I do in terms of explaining what's worked for me um, because that's what I find is really important to share out there is talking about what I've struggled with and what I've done that's worked in terms of overcoming those struggles and that's essentially the core of my entire message Um, and just going back to, sorry to interject, but just to what you were saying about me being out there and putting, making an impact, I want to stress to your listeners that, you know, I'm actually pretty new at coming out publicly under my own name. Um, and for me, deciding to be bold about speaking up about what I do and what I think and how I want to contribute to the world has had so many positive ramifications in terms of reaching people. And so I would say, you know, it's it's really important if you really do care about making an impact on the world, don't forget to take that step where you stand up and put your name and your face and your content out there for the world to see. And in my world, that means on the internet, but I mean, everybody can do it their own way. Mm -hmm. But I think that the more that people really stand up and put themselves out there, the bigger impact that they can have. And so if anybody wants to emulate that, that's literally all I've done. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is hard. I am. You're right. You're right. Like, you know, for me, like I I put myself out there and, um, you know, it is scary. It's scary putting yourself out there in general. You know, I did Mm -hmm. that recently. I'm fairly new as well, too. And I you you're going to. Um, you're gonna meet people who likes it you know you're gonna meet people who hates it and it is what it is right you just keep going Mm -hmm. forward and you are gonna be a change maker you keep doing what you're doing 100% agree yeah um what is your definition of success who that's a really tough one um (laughs) (laughs) success is probably the word that i bristle at the most because i think it gets thrown around a whole lot and sort of as if it's something that we can take for granted what it means um and so i i mean i will tell you how i perceive success but i want to couch that in uh acknowledging that i by no means expect anybody else to land on the same definition of success um for me success in my life um has to do just with having other people react um positively in the sense that um 
I get feedback that I'm doing something that's actually making a difference in their lives. And, and, you know, that's, that has to do with the fact that I'm just a very social extroverted person that draws a lot of energy from other people. And so for me, that's very crucial to my success is to be engaged with other people. Um, but you know, I, I don't necessarily think that, that that's something that I'm 100% basing my, I'm basing it on the sense of like having some people react positively. I, I also very much believe that you can't be for everyone and that nobody should try to be for everyone because, um, in, it's just not possible. And the more that you set yourself up where you try to target everyone or you try to be um, somebody that everybody likes, the less impact you're actually going to make because you're not going to be as bold about what you say and what you stand up for because anything that you put out there is going to attract people who don't react positively to it. So when I say that I am looking for people to react positively, to me it has nothing to do with the fact that, of course, there's going to be people who feel differently from me. But, um, I guess what I'm thinking of as success for my life is just being able to make an impact on other people. Mm -hmm. Couldn't say any better than, you know, than that. Right. So hundred percent, I agree with you. You're right. People are, um, uh, you know, gonna, you know, you're not gonna reach everyone, but, um, as long as like you are, um, in service and you are, you know, um, uh, creating an impact, that's all that really matters. Right. You have to always remember that you're in it for the right reasons. hundred percent agree with yep. you. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Final question. Um, you know, you're in the middle of the street, you know, um, you, you, and you get to hold up a sign and, uh, you know, you can write any message, advice or whatever it may be. What would what would that message be? I would say uh, everything happens for a reason. Because I truly do believe that. Um, I, I think that, you know, when I when you look back, and this is not just me, I, I think this is universal. When you look back um, on things that happen in your life, you can always trace, you know, a lot of the, the things that at one point seemed like the hardest part of your life. You can always trace that to growth that comes from that. You can always find something that evolves from anything that goes wrong or goes bad or that you find difficult. And so um, as much as, you know, unfortunately, like bad stuff does happen and that's out of your control and it's not your fault, I do believe that it's all leading us toward a positive outcome where we can grow and become stronger as people and um, become more resolute in knowing who we are and what we stand for mm -hmm. i love it i love it erica awesome you know thank you thank you for coming out to the podcast and uh you know and definitely i'm um, uh, hope to see uh, how you grow later on maybe we can bring you on again afterwards to see how you progress um, i love that it's gonna be great <laughs> um, thank you for coming on take care thank you so much have a good day bye <laughs>
I'd like to hear what you guys all think about everything, or even say just a hello, or let me know how your day is going. Take care, guys. Have yourself a good one. hope you guys enjoyed that remember to subscribe share and review thank you for taking the time for listening to this podcast you can always find me at pathhunters.com stay awesome and know that you can become a path hunter today